Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's special episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we've got RJ Bates with Titanium Investments and Titanium, like a thousand other things. Um, RJ flew in from Dallas-Fort Worth to talk about becoming the king of closers. And for those of you guys wondering, he demanded, he assumed the sale when he said that you're putting me on the podcast. He didn't ask like, hey, yeah. should we talk about it? He's like, hey, Steve, when am I coming on the podcast? So kind of shows you what he's got. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So a uh, question I get all the time is how to become one of the 100 millionaires. The questions on this podcast alone is enough for you to become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you will take consistent action, you will become one. If you wanna get there faster, send me a DM uh, on Instagram and we'll see if we can get uh, help you get there just a little bit faster. And if you get value out of the show, please tag it from below or share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for RJ to answer. Ready? I'm ready. All right. So the question everyone wants to know, right, is, and this is a high-level question. So we'll start there, is what did you do between last year and this year to prepare you to win this year's Closes Olympic? Uh, a lot of reps, a lot of practice. You mm-hmm. know, I did the 50-day the challenge where I was going live 8 to 12 hours a day talking to sellers um, in all 50 states. Um, I started doing the, the weekly episodes on Batch TV. And, and look, I, I'm not a acquisitions guy for Titanium Investments. I'm the owner and the CEO of the company. So putting myself out there um, to actually do this on camera and, and get critiqued by people watching me. <laughs> by right? everybody. By literally everybody, mm-hmm. um, even when it goes well. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of gave me a little bit of experience of what to expect. And then, look, you and I both did the closures Olympics in 2020. We had that experience of the shot clock, Mm -hmm. right? The pressure of, of all that. So all of those concerns of actually being in a 30 minute competition, those fears and concerns were gone this year. And it was just about, Hey, let's just go in and, and do what we do all day, every day, on live on YouTube and Facebook. And oh, let me ask you this, right? Because I, I know people adjusted their their methodology, right? And yep. Max and I talked about this last week. Yep. Um, so I made a conscious decision last year to not adjust my approach, right? right. And I just went like, you know, we run out of time, we run out of time. But the audience is paying to see what we do, and I was right. going to show them exactly what we do. And if we buy a house, great. If we don't, like, it is what it is. Uh, so for me, the shot clock was there, but it wasn't there. Right. What was your? Did you feel like it was different last year versus this year? Yeah, I, I changed last year. Okay. And and that's where everyone was like, oh my God, RJ's so aggressive. And so you modified it last year. Yeah. And I kind of got pissed off because literally everyone was like, dude, you're so aggressive and you just go for the kill. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a little bit different in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I can actually slow it down and mirror the seller and, you know, do all those types of things. So this year it was just more about go out there and be yourself. And what you saw this year is what I actually do on a day-to-day basis when I close this. So I, yeah, last year I changed my techniques a little bit just because I was so worried about the time. Mm-hmm. And, but the scoring was different last year too. This year it mm-hmm. was full comprehensive 30 minutes of the call, yep. right? Whereas last year they just kind of judged you on one. One call. Call. Yeah. So last year. That was you a good could, improvement. Uh, yes. Last because year you could year. totally mess a call up and just throw it away. Yeah. So that's where I also made a big change was, hey, I need to actually just be myself for the full 30 minutes or an hour. So let's take a step back here, right? Because you did the 50 days 
50 deals in 50 days in 50 states. Yep. Right, that was the name of it? Right. Okay. What compelled you to do such a crazy thing? Well, it's funny because it was actually us struggling and having issues in our company and, and getting rid of acquisitions people and, and dispositions people and just kind of coming to terms that I needed to step in and, and do something to steer the tide back in a positive direction and how better to do that than put myself in their shoes of actually doing acquisitions mm-hmm. and figuring out what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong. And so I literally made the world my accountability partner. Yeah. So I, I remember reading the book Relentless and determining like- Fantastic book, everyone. Right. By Tim Grover, if you haven't read it. I'm, I'm a cleaner. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the fourth quarter. Give me the damn ball. Like, I'm, I went to Cassie and Elijah, and I said, look, we're going to do this. 50 deals in 50 states in 50 days. And they were like, well, what about North Dakota and Wyoming? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, that's what we do. But we put our backs up against the wall. We tell the world that we're going to do it. I don't care if there's two people watching. I'm still going to feel like the world, it, it's out there forever for the world to see. So... We have to go out there and perform, and and we struggled at times through it, and other times it was fantastic. And but it it led to where we are today as a company, and then also giving me the opportunity to do things like the closures Olympics and and go out there and, and have the confidence to do what I did two weeks ago. So I actually called you in the middle of it. Right? I was like, yeah. "What the heck are you thinking? Why are you doing this?" And right. also, why are there not more people watching it? Right, because. They should be watching you actually closing deals right. live because you were doing them live as well. You weren't even like recording it. And yeah, no, it was all live. Closing later on. So you said something interesting. Like you use this a to lead your company, yep. and b it's transformed your company. Yep. How has it transformed your company? Well, I figured out systems or the processes around the systems that we use. That mm-hmm. was the main thing. We knew what systems we wanted to use, but. I was trying to make decisions from this high level and, and not actually being a part of it. And you were in the ivory the de- tower. Yeah. And when you get in there and it's like, okay, I'm actually clicking the buttons. I'm actually making the decisions that happen on a day-to-day basis that have to lead to my success or failures. That's when the processes came about and we collectively as a unit, it wasn't just me, but Cassie and Elijah as well. We sat down and we said, Hey, look, this worked really well today. And, this didn't work well the, the day before. This is how we are going to come up with our systems and processes moving forward. And now everyone in our company knows exactly what we do. And they know how to replicate it over and over and over again. Whereas before it was kind of this loose cannon and you kind of made your own decisions as an acquisitions person in our company. So it, it tightened up the ship a lot. Got it. So what did your company look like before you started it? And what did your company look like after you started it, after you finished it? Well, uh, before we had pretty much dwindled down to nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had cut everything down um, because we were killing ourselves. I mean, uh, I can't remember the, the first time I was on your podcast. I believe we were just starting the process of trimming down from like 70 something employees. And we were down. Well, in you the, were in all these states. Yeah. And then you're like, I the curse of too much money, which Zillow just recently learned out. Right. As well. Yes. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, I felt the pain of what Zillow was going through <laughs> back in 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we went basically down to where we had two employees, mm-hmm. and now we've been able to build back up organically to, you know, right around 17 to 20, which they're all watching back at home. So, hey, guys, what's up? I think they're all 17 viewers that are watching. 
but but no, I I mean now we have this this family where uh, before it was very much a bunch of individuals trying to figure out a way to make money through wholesaling. Gotcha. Now there's processes in place where they understand and we we pivot as a unit together and and we can do that very quickly um just for example the past couple of days we've had a couple of issues with sms marketing mm-hmm. um but we were able to quickly pivot to our ppc leads and and cold calling leads and whereas i don't know two two and a half years ago that would have been impossible because right. we were in so many different places and there, the communication was a nightmare and and also just our decision making as as business owners was lacking because we didn't have the experience ourselves we were too far removed from the actual process right so um what would you say to you know haters like myself who is whose opinion is rj got lucky <laughs> <laughs> well i i will say um you watched right i did watch it yeah so, yeah. so you know, I didn't get lucky. Yeah. Uh, you were the you were the guy that called me on Saturday night and said, "How'd you get better?" Um, look, I I it's a great competition, mm-hmm. and, and I think you and I both agree. Um, both last year and this year's is full of content that everybody. If you're in this industry for ninety seven dollars, you should go out and pick it up just because there's so much that you can pick up from it. Absolutely. Um, and and the great thing about being a contestant in it is that I get to watch your commentary. I get to watch the other people participate. And what's what's funny is is I actually learned more from the mistakes people made this year than I did last year because I was looking for it. Got it. And and so I actually saw things as it was going on and I recognized like I I would probably have made that same mistake. So mm-hmm. consciously going into the final day I was saying, hey, I'm not gonna make that same mistake when an objection comes up. Because we are in a competition, and it is kind of scary to try to overcome an objection yeah. that could cost you basically all of your points. Right. Right? Absolutely. And especially in my circumstance where it was like I was the last guy going, I knew what score I needed to beat, felt like I probably had that, and then there's this last objection, and it's like the whole castle could come crumbling down <laughs> right now if I say the wrong thing. But it, it, was, uh, it was a great event to be a part of, and you know I didn't get it. <laughs> well, what I really appreciated uh, was the radical candor. Yep. You were drastically transparent. Yeah. More so than I think I've ever seen anywhere else, which right. was like, hey, my buddies and I are doing a competition. Yep. So we're going to see who can lock up the most deals on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was that uh, the lady gave you the objection, like, hey, you know, let me review the contract with my husband. Yep. Can I be honest with you? She sure was that. I promised my friends I was going to have a signed contract before 4 o'clock today. Yep. So I need you to sign this contract right now. It wasn't like, hey, I need you need some time to think about it. Right. Hey, you know what happens is sometimes people say they need to think about it. Like what I would say is like, hey, you know, RJ, normally when people tell me they need to think about it, usually they're just uncomfortable telling me no. Right. Could that be what's happening here? No, you didn't say that. You said I have to win this competition by 4 o'clock, right. so I need you to sign this. Well, look, I actually told Aaron – and I, I believe during the press conference that I told everyone that this is what I was going to do. Yeah. Because I actually wanted to throw it out there because I felt like if I said it, they, would, didn't, they wouldn't believe that I was actually going to do it. Yeah. And so I wanted to go out there and be literally so transparent with the oh, you, sellers. You, you told everyone you are going to be transparent. I told Aaron, I said, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to tell a seller that I'm in a competition to get a deal. <laughs> and, I, and I said, 
I guarantee you the reaction will be if I find the right seller, mm-hmm. which she was very relaxed and like we were hitting it off pretty quickly. Absolutely. I was like, if I find the right seller, I can guarantee you the reaction of that is going to be, I want to help you out, RJ. Right. And that is exactly what her reaction was. It was. I mean, did you hear what she said as she was hanging up? Because my mojo dialer was behind multiple tabs, mm-hmm. so I couldn't hang up on her. I was waiting on her to hang up on me. She says to her husband, she's like, I just signed it, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you know, she she was just like, he, you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm just going to sign it. Yeah. And, fine. Totally and that's relaxed. exactly what I was looking for is an ideal situation with the right seller. And, and so it, the opportunity presented itself and I'm like, I'm just going to tell her straight up. I'm in a competition. I need to get the contract signed, see what happens. <laughs> so I want to ask you what kind of human being would go into their hotel room, connect their computer to whatever it is to stream themselves in the background on YouTube yeah. for everyone else to see while they're in a cold calling competition. Did you, did you, you heard my opening line. I said, I, I felt very confident in myself because I had been learning from myself. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was watching it. I was judging I, that one. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I, we were trying to figure out the background uh-huh. and, and we had, you know, there was like the, the hotel painting mm-hmm. behind me. And I'm like, this looks like I'm in like some cheesy motel yeah. doing this. I'm like, there's this, cool wood cabinet with the TV inside. I was like, we could do that. And I'm like, what am I going to play on the TV? And I'm like, I'll play the 50, 50, 50. People will watch it this way. <laughs> Insane. You're just trying to get your view, your, your views up. Exactly. So, Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Do not subscribe to this YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> RJ was telling people like, guys, if you don't like my podcast, go leave a one-star review on Steve Trank's podcast. That is actually my sign off to my <laughs> podcast. Like I only accept five star reviews. If you want to give me three stars, Steve Train will accept those. <laughs> I won't. So I have a theory. Uh, I shared it with my other friend, Eric Brewer, because he yep. is the best I've seen at talking trash. I like to think I'm pretty good at it. Okay. Uh, and you're obviously someone I can respect. Yes. It's a trash talking game. So I've got this theory, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. The better you are at talking trash, the better you are in closing deals. Hmm. Based off of the results of this year's Closer to the Olympics, I, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I, I don't know about Munif, but Max is pretty decent at it, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. There's um, a lot of banter in our office. Right. And, and Aaron is just terrible at trash talking. <laughs> I mean, he finished that so last. Nice. So. <laughs> He's so <laughs> but, nice. But look, I, I think it's about confidence mm-hmm. and also about how quickly you can think on your feet. Yeah. And so the, the confidence behind the trash talking and the wittiness. Yeah. I mean, think about it. When you're talking to a seller, you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth. And some of the best deals are created during these uncomfortable moments of spur of the moment a seller says something and the opportunity arises and it doesn't fit in a script. No, the, the, there are a lot of things that we train on right. scripting, but there are a lot of things that come up that you cannot necessarily train on that specific scenario. Right. And I think that's where, I mean, using your analogy of trash talking, I mean, that's kind of what happens in trash talking. Yeah. A moment arises and it's how quick can you get the delivery out and yeah. make sure it's witty and have the confidence to actually deliver it because it can fall flat. It can right? totally fall flat and embarrass yourself. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's the same thing when you're talking to a seller. You know, I yeah. mean, there's these moments that arise 
and you have to make a decision. I didn't go into the call there saying, hey, I'm going to tell this seller um, that I'm competing in a competition. I need you to sign a contract by four. I knew in my head that if the opportunity was there, I would do it because that's myself role playing mm-hmm. previously and, and speaking things into existence. But once the opportunity was there, it was like, boom, I had to shoot the gap and, and get it. And uh, yeah, I think I think there is something behind that. that yeah. Theory. So, yeah, I was thinking about the wittiness, but yeah, there is that little bit of confidence, too, because yeah. you can't say these things uh, if you don't have the confidence behind it. Right. Um, and, I, you know. There's that thing that happens, right? We've all experienced this where um, someone said something. And you didn't care for what they said or how they said it. Right. But you didn't have to come back, right? Right. And it wasn't until you got into your car. It's like, yep. that's what I should have said. Or like you're, you know, you're showering that night. It's like, oh, right. That would have been the perfect comeback. But going back to what you were first talking about, the 50-50-50, right? The third day during that challenge, I'm on the phone with a seller. We had already been texting back and forth. She had pretty much already said, hey, I'm going to do the deal with you. She said, but let me call you once I get off my job. So she calls me. And then she's like, are you the same RJ that I'm watching on YouTube right now? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, ma'am. And she's like, so our conversation right now is being broadcast on YouTube. Having the confidence to just kind of I mean, what are you going to do at that point? You yeah. just have to be real yeah, and, and, and just roll with it. And whatever happens, happens. But that was one of the first times. And it happened throughout the challenge. But look, when you put yourself out there and you're raw and transparent, I think anybody that's heard me do sales calls before has said, hey, my name's RJ Bates. Google me. Go Google my name. You'll see I'm real. Yeah, yeah. That's how I overcome. Like, how do I know you're a real person? You know, Google me. And just go Google my name, you know? And then they say, I'm watching you on Steve Train's podcast and it hurts my feelings because I'm like, I put out 300 videos and you watch me on Steve's, but, uh, and, and that really does happen by the way. Uh, but, uh, I, I think putting yourself in those scenarios and having the confidence to just kind of overcome it on the spot is, is what will differentiate you. Yeah. So now, right. You put me in a pickle, right? Cause I've got this sales training program that I'm right. really proud of. Right. Right. And now we're looking at, okay. So if you want to begin, if you want to become better at sales. Mm-hmm. You can do one of two things. You can sign up to my all day sales training event. Right. Or you can go live on YouTube for 50 straight days, cold calling strangers throughout the country. I I, I think you could do that way. <laughs> um, I don't recommend it. I, I, I go watch day one videos and then I watch day 50 and I'm like, I look like at age 10 years. I was like, you just yeah. finished the president. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it looked a little rough there at the end. Yeah. Um, it, it took a lot out of me, but no, I, I think, uh, for anyone, I, I have had people say they were going to try to replicate the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that, okay? Um, it, it costs a lot of money to pull yeah. that much data. It does. And and you don't want to go try to get deals in Wyoming and North Dakota. <laughs> like, so don't replicate that challenge. What's the challenge in North Dakota and Wyoming? Um, well, they all know each other. So it's going to be real hard when you try to wholesale that deal in Casper, Wyoming. They're mm-hmm. like, why are you selling Aunt Susie's house? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So uh, the other thing I was I was looking at, right? There's a few different things that I noticed. Uh, so I, I have also a belief that, you know, you have the ability to perform. Yep. And the ability to perform is a different, is different than hoping that you can wholesale it. Yep. Right. So, I mean, is there any kind of bit of like quiet confidence? There's this thing that you can, things that you can say. You can't say if you're 
only exit is the wholesale. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> what you saw on my very first call mm-hmm. when you were judging, I mean, that was me making a subject to slash seller finance offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am having that conversation because I'm willing to take that deal down. Right. And you were trying to sum your course too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at that and I, it's funny because I'm I'm just rolling through the call like I would if that were any other day mm-hmm. when I was on the phone with them. But I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a really bad call for the Closers Olympics because no one else should be doing this unless they have the intentions of taking this deal down. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a whole different level of confidence when you are comfortable taking a deal down, no matter where it is. And uh, I was also probably kicking myself halfway through the phone call because I'm like, I'm going to have to explain to Elijah and Cassie that I just bought us a house in Florida. Yeah. Like, they're not going to be happy about that. I mean, they were pretty good terms. They were. I mean, 500 cash flow. I know. But still, yeah. they're going to be like, who's managing that, RJ? That's someone else's problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't come to me with your problems. <laughs> Um, the other thing too is, you know, uh, and we're doing this like last year, you and I were both going at it and I actually showed the team some of the videos I created of talking trash to you. Right. Um, you had a kind of a no holds bar thing. I mean, you came after Ryan Pineda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of those posts. What is the mindset of you just blasting everybody before the competition? Well, I was upset with the results from last year. Okay? A little bit. Not, not going to go into that. I just felt like subtly vocal about it. Felt like I should have moved on to the finals. I felt like you should have. And I felt like Steven Morales should have. But that's neither here nor there. So (laughs) I was, uh, for 18 months, not a day went by where someone didn't reach out to me and say, hey, you got robbed last year. Mm -hmm. And the closers. When something Where are all my supporters? People. (laughs) How come no one's telling me that I got robbed? I I don't (laughs) think it was as blatantly obvious. I mean... Uh, there, there was just a little bit of, um, finagling. Yeah. Something like that. Whatever you want to call it. Um, look, 18 months straight of someone reminding you of something that you felt like you should have had. Um, when the competition got announced, that is my way of telling myself, I'm not going to let myself down. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go out there and I do all this trash talking, it was funny because last year, Max Maxwell said during the press conference, you have done so much trash talking. You better go out there and perform. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And, and I was like, I know. Like, I don't need Max Maxwell telling yeah. me this. Like, I, I know. That's why I did it. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I was the extreme underdog last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. And this both. year, it was like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, Lauren in the press conference is like, look, we all know RJ is the favorite. And I'm like, now I have to go into this with a totally different mindset. Yeah. Um, which was, I, and it's, it's funny cause I literally told Elijah and Aaron, I said, I want to be a judge. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you're a competitor. You're going to go compete. You cannot not compete RJ. And I said, I, I, you're setting me up for failure. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't beat what I did last year. And that was the only time that I ever said that. And, and I, it, I regretted saying those words. And so it was almost my way of forcing motivation yeah. To, to go out there, yeah, I'm going to make fun of the judges. Like, I'm going to make fun of Ryan Pineda. Unfortunately, he didn't actually. And, and he was so funny. He's like, I don't even know what's going on. You're just <laughs> making fun of my hair. Why? <laughs> I don't get this. Uh, but 
yeah, that's my way of, of pumping myself up. And, and I think it also gets under the skin of people. Oh, yeah? it definitely does. And what's interesting is um, I, I, I didn't know how to approach it as a judge. Right. So I was trash talking you a little, a little bit. Right. I was like, how hard do I want to go here? Because they're like, they're going to think that I got it out for you. Right. <laughs> well, and, and then you also had your partner in the competition. Right. So and, and it was clearly better. And, and look, look, I actually said in, in my live with with Aaron, that was like an hour and a half long where we dissected every thought we could possibly have about yeah. the competition. I was like, I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win. And, and Steve's going to screw me and he's yeah. going to give the championship to Max, which you did like the polar opposite. Right. You were like. I'm docking you three points just because you're my partner, and yeah. I expected more from you. And I was like, that's how I would have judged my partner, too. Yeah, I'm not sure he appreciated it, but absolutely. I mean, he still came out day one as the yeah, leader. Cause, he did. Because Chris Jefferson just, I don't know what he was thinking on my round. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think just for me, just trying to figure out what the edge was. And, like, I was posting in the chat, like, I was telling everyone that you were going to get zeros. <laughs> and, like, you can't get zeros. Like, I'm going to dock him five points for every time he said my name. <laughs> And people took me serious. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I want to talk about was the fact that you were sporting a Cincinnati Bengals jersey. That was not a Cincinnati Bengals jersey. Everyone can go back and look at the thumbnail for this. Yeah, yes. That That is my son's hockey team, the <laughs> Texas Tigers. Um, I, I was in Cleveland for his travel hockey tournament. Um, they ended up finishing second um, at the tournament. It was it was a tough awesome. one. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool that you were actually there to support your kid, yeah. which is why we do what we do, right? Exactly. We get to spend time with our family and support them. Thankfully, the event did not overlap with the finals. Hey, and and shout out to the Closers Olympics team. When the Closers Olympics was announced and then my son's tournament was announced, I went to them and I said, look, this is an issue for me. And they said, we will do whatever it takes to work around his schedule. Yeah, that's awesome. So I told them up front, I was like, hey, look, these are the times. So that's actually why I went last on mm-hmm. the finals, because I, I called them Saturday night, and I said, look, he's in the championship game. And they were like, we'll put you at 3 o'clock on mm-hmm. Sunday. Does that work? And I'm like, that gives me plenty of time. So they kudos to them for, for working with me. Absolutely. But, again, it was really cool that your, yeah. you know, your son was in there. You're celebrating with your son. You're popping champagne bottles in your hotel room <laughs> with your son. Like, ridiculous. But it was awesome that you guys got to yeah, do that. Yeah, it was. It was a cool moment. So I want to talk to you. There are a couple of things I did not care for how you were handling okay. right, the calls. Okay. You were talking to the clients, the sellers, yep. about retail and exit strategies. You were using some words mm-hmm. that I question whether most homeowners know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So let's talk about that as I, far as the strategy goes. Yeah. So my, my thought is, is if I use phrases that they don't understand, that's my way of establishing authority within the conversation. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that can happen is, is if I say something like that and they don't understand what I mean and they ask me a question, mm-hmm. I can then slow down and thoroughly explain it to them the way that I want them to basically under the way that I need them to understand what I'm saying there. Yeah. Right. So um, in the terms of an exit strategy, Mm -hmm. right. If I'm talking about seller financing or flip or own it, buy and hold or something like that, if they don't understand, then I'll slow down and I'll gauge whether or not they care for Mm -hmm. my explanation. Or Mm -hmm. if it's just like, look, I don't really care what you're doing with the property. You're not concerned at all though. Like, or have you ran into this where you say a word Mm -hmm. and 
and you feel like you've lost a little bit of steam in the conversation. Now you got to go back and regain that momentum. Maybe sometimes. And, and I think there's going to be moments um, throughout any conversation that you're having where, yeah, you can put your foot in your mouth, you yeah. know, um, but I'm more concerned about being myself. Right. And, and not concerned about, well, if I say the wrong word here, mm-hmm. this could lose steam in the conversation. Because I think if I pretend and I'm trying to eliminate words and not just flow with what's coming to my mind, right. that's what can lose the steam in the conversation more than saying the wrong word or something yeah. along those lines. I mean, for me, I try to, it's kind of like um, watching Love Tom Brady, yep. right? The fewest unforced errors, right? Right. If I can make fewer, the, whoever makes the fewest errors is going to win. Right. Right. So I look at that as kind of like, you know, you say this, you can lose momentum, then can you recapture it versus if you say something that doesn't slow it down. Right. Then you're going to increase some conversions. But I mean, that was just something I wrote down. Um, other thing I did like a lot, uh, I haven't heard it said uh, elsewhere, is I can pay you more if you're the bank. Right. Usually it's like, well, what if you can pay terms or what if I can do this or that? You just flat out say, hey, guy. Right. <laughs> or Bubba. Right. Bubba. <laughs> hey, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I can pay you more if right. you're the bank. Well, I think everybody understands that. Uh, the other way I say it is, is uh, if you want to play Monopoly, because mm-hmm. everybody kind of understands what that means, um, yeah. and and then go into the the rest of the sales pitch there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think anytime you can use something like that that will spark their interest, right. um, and and just using phrases like seller finance or terms. Um, I think if you're speaking to an investor, that might be a better way to say it. But yeah. if it's just someone that owns a property free and clear and you're trying to get them to sell their finance and you know you're going to have to walk them through it, using the words, be the bank, right. you know the banks are the ones that made the most money, right? That's No, I've, I've heard all the different ways of saying right. it. You just want it straight up. Listen, I can pay you more right. if you're the bank. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, Tell me it more. works. The other thing is, and we were all baffled by this, so we're trying to figure this out, right? Um, you have this way, I think uh, a couple other people as well. It's like, hi, my name is RJ, and they're like, they're telling you everything. Listen, RJ, here's all my pains, here's all my problems, here's how much, oh, like, they basically vomited all the information all over you. Right. Is that a normal thing for you, or was that kind of something that we just noticed over, over the weekend? No, that's that's pretty normal, and, and it's funny because that was something I really wanted to showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I get it on the 50 day challenge on batch TV where people are like, RJ, you're so patient. You'll just let them talk and talk, (laughs) talk and, (laughs) and they will, they'll divulge all of the information to me. Um, and, and I think it, it comes from the way that I steer the conversations early, right? I get right to it. And I think that they real, they respect the fact that I'm real and I'm just being honest about what I want. And so they just transparently come out with being real and honest about what their situation is. That's the best explanation I have for how those conversations take place. Do you think all your reps in running the Titanium podcast, how many episodes have you done? Probably 185. All right. So you think that also has any play in that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you have sat here probably close to the same amount of times or, or About, more. Yeah. And there's times where the conversation is flowing. And then there's other times where it's like, you have to jump start it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where you're not feeling it. Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, there's plenty of times where it's like, I don't want I don't want to do this today. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing when you're getting on a phone with a seller mm-hmm. and like you force yourself into finding a rhythm 
within that conversation and and making it go the way that you want it to. And like you said, it's it's called being a performer. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, I mean, the reality of the Closers Olympics is is that's a lot of entertainment as well as education for the people. But there's a lot of that goes into it. That's for me, from my perspective, entertainment. I want to make sure that we're putting on a good show for the people that paid money to learn how to do this. And right. so that it was funny. I had a, a guy reach out to me and he said, you're so much better in the closer Olympics than you are on your 50 day challenge or batch TV. Mm-hmm. And it made me stop and think to myself, you know, you're right. Because I put a lot more pressure on the fact that there's a shot clock yeah, and, and that I need these conversations to go exactly the way that I want them to go. And I think a lot of that has to do with just, being that performer and making sure the conversations go the way I want them to. Yeah. Uh, so again, for you guys, right, you can, you can sign up for our sales training yeah. or you can do the 50 days and 50 states, 50 deals in 50 states and 50 days and run a podcast. Uh, other people have programs too. Do they? Yeah. No. Yeah. We well, might be competitors in everything. I have not heard of any other <laughs> sales training program out there. We're clearly the only one. Um, so, all right. The other thing I want to talk about is different now. Mm-hmm. So people were asking me, like, how do you think? Actually, let me take a step back here. The other thing I thought you did really well was the awkward silence. Yep. So I gave you eight out of ten, right? Everyone else scored below an eight. So I thought you were the best. You get eight out of ten. Okay, hold on. <laughs> how could I have gotten more than an eight? What could I have done better there? Given another two seconds. There were a couple of times where you where you stepped into the pause. I did. You did. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Go that. watch. Go go replay. There were twice. I pride times. myself on not being the first one to break the side. I think I asked him if he was still there. No, that's not one of them. No, there were two. Of them. I, wrote, I wrote down one of them. Okay. So, I'll go back and watch it. Then. So one point for every time you, you stepped into the pause. <laughs> but you did actually a very incredible job. So I think that I think what you were saying earlier, alluding earlier, where that you were allowing them to talk yes. and pausing. I think that's something that we all struggle with. And I think you did a masterful job of that. Thank you. All right. So transitioning. People were asking me, you know, why is it? RJ able to get people to talk. I was like, well, maybe because, you know, he's uh, a team player, you know, he's using like, you know, we words like, and I think you do like, we talk about mm-hmm. we and us, like, how are we going to get through this? You know, maybe this was something we can do together and you right. know, something's going to work for both of us. So I think you were using a lot of uh, uh, plural first person words. Right. And I think that subconsciously uh, engenders uh, trust. Right. I was like, okay, maybe RJ is um, a teddy bear. Right. Right. So then I asked you about that. Right. I was like, hey, RJ, let's let's check out your PI. Yeah. Right. Uh, what what is your PI? Because it might have some overlap. Yeah. And what did you send me? Uh, I'm a, I'm a venturer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not the case. So, so uh, I'm a, I'm a Viking. Yeah. You are an actual Viking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, that's what your PS says. You're yes. an actual Viking. Yes. You will venture and you will pillage the village. Yes. Yeah. But, but so like, the opposite, I thought you were a teddy bear. There was yeah. like an inner teddy bear, right? Maybe it has a higher uh, S, right? If you look at the disc, more S. No, mm-hmm. that was completely wrong. So you will actually splice up a teddy bear in front of a child to win a competition yes. versus having an inner teddy bear. Yeah. But listen, me being patient and listening is what I needed to do to win the competition. Right. So you will listen to win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Talk All to right. my business partners about this. Yes. Got <laughs> I'll, it. I'll overrun them. <laughs> like, Would you just listen for a second? <laughs> so I got to have Cassie in here and yeah, ask her. Right. Okay. Right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All 
All right, so let's talk about the, uh, uh, hang on a second, guys. Uh, we do have our, our all-day sales training in December. So uh, if you guys uh, want to check out our all-day sales training, for those that sign up right now during the podcast, you get $500 off. So send me a DM on Instagram. If you message me right now, you can get $500 off the all-day sales training coming up December 10th, where Max and me will talk about our process. It's very different than RJ's. <laughs> so it's the right way to buy houses. Uh, so all day sales training, December 10th in my office, 8.30 to 5.30, 6 o'clock. So go check that out right now if you guys are interested. All right. So let's go back to you. Yeah. So I, again, I thought you were nicer, um, but you apparently uh, will do anything to win. Right. So let's talk about the lessons from the predictive index. What did, what did uh, Gary Harper, mutual friend, yep. tell you about your predictive index that you did not expect to hear? Well, he taught, he found me at Wholescaling, which mm -hmm. we were both at several years ago. Where and I had to go to beg you to come on yes, my first podcast. Yes, yes. That's, that's when you assumed the sale. Yes. And got me on the first time. Um, he he talked about how high of a visionary score I had mm -hmm. and, and the fact that it was off the charts, which means... Was it the A that was he's talking about? Or did you actually take a visionary integrated I, test? I I took whatever he gave me. I, I didn't go into depth. He... he he asked me to do this. This was for next level flipping at the time. Mm -hmm. So Ryan Robeson came to me and said, hey, Gary Harper's going to do this for us. Take these tests. I took it. Gary seats me out, and he's like, RJ, like, we, we need to talk. And he was actually – And that's his gesture. Like, we need to talk. All right. He, he was, like, concerned. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you have a very unique um, score, and, and there's issues that come along with this. He's like – you need to be insulated. You're going to try to pillage a village. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was like, look, you need to be insulated by your partner. Um, and, and what he meant by that was, is that, um, I'm an emotional basket case. Mm -hmm. Really? Um, I can be, okay. um, where outside influences can really impact my ability to perform at a high level. Got it. And so he was like, you honestly need to surround yourself with the people that you love and care about mm -hmm. and, and really only listen to their voices because the it. outside voices can impact your ability to perform. Interesting. And so I thought that was very, he, he compared it to Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. And he said, Michael Phelps is the same way. And he's like, what happens with Michael Phelps is, is he goes hard. And when he wins, he doesn't celebrate. He mm -hmm. goes into a deep depression. So he asked me, he was like, do you struggle with depression? And I've never felt that in my life. But as he started talking to me about different aspects of, hey, when you win, do you not have any joy? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about how I can go the next win one. the next one. Yeah. And, and he's like, exactly. And and it's funny. I mean, closers Olympics. I mean, it, it was like I, I smiled. I was excited. But literally, I'm, I'm going to, to my partners and I'm like, OK, what, what's what's next on the agenda here? How are we how are we capitalizing on this? What are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not even I'm like, you know, they're they're like, hey, you you won this belt. What do you want your name? I'm like, I don't know. Just. RJ Base the third. Come on, yeah. just send it to me. I'm I'm already moving on. You know, immediately mm -hmm. they asked me, "Are you going to defend your crown?" Hell yeah, I am. What are you right. talking about? Yeah. So there's those aspects of it where it's like there's lack of joy for winning, mm -hmm. and and then also the fact that you can crash really heavily um, because the vision is off the charts, and and sometimes you feel like you never actually succeed because he's like you have the predictive index of a world changer. You mm -hmm. want to change the world, but it's very few people actually change the world. Right. So it's going to be hard for you to do that. Yeah. And that's where you can fall into that depression. And so 
But looking at the score, I mean, the, just the way it breaks it down where, you know, it, most people would not probably not realize I'm introverted, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, I probably wouldn't have said that either until it w- was written out. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Right. Like I. What was it? Three, four years ago, Ryan Harper asked me to go on Propelio TV for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I told him, no, I'm scared of lights and cameras. I, I can't do it. And and now I, I come on here with your big massive five times the size of mine audience, <laughs> and and you know I, I go speak on stages and stuff like that, and it doesn't bother me. Uh, but again, that's because it's my passion to win. Right. That's Rolling kind of overcoming the fear. Right. Yeah, and that's something that because I've if you look at mine, right? Because I'm also introverted, right? So I have a high A, not as high as yours. Yours and Max are both off the charts. Right. So I have a high A and a low B, meaning I don't want to be talking to people. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be left right. alone. Right. Ideal world is that no one's talking to me. Right. right? Um. And so I asked Austin, who works with uh, uh Gary, mm-hmm. like, why, like, how do you explain this? Like, I know a lot of people. And I'm connected. He's like, your desire to win will put you in situations where you're uncomfortable. So even though you're uncomfortable talking to people, your desire to win will force you out of your comfort zone. And that's right. kind of like what you're doing here. Yeah. You're listening to people. Exactly. <laughs> to win. Yeah. And I mean, when you when you go even deeper in the, into the score and, and you look at all of the different, it literally outlines exactly who I am. And then having someone like Gary come in and really outline like, hey, here's how you can use this as a strength. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because... When he's telling me this, I've always had this massive desire to have partners. Mm-hmm. So much so, I even tell him, like, sometimes I just need you there. Right. Like, I don't even know what it's for. Mm-hmm. Literally just your presence, whether it's a meeting, whether it's being in the office or whatever it is. Well, I noticed this at wholesaling, right? Yeah. Like, on stage, you had, I think, Jamie. Jamie at the stage. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny, it, it, and I don't mean this offensively to Jamie because I love her to death and she's my good friend, but it doesn't even matter who it is sometimes. Right. As long someone as, there to Someone there. And, and Cassie's gotten mad at me before because we've spoken at events, and she's like, you railroaded the whole speech. You didn't even let me talk. Why was I even up there? And I'm like, I just needed you up there. Yeah. That's, that's who for I me. am. For know? me. So it's interesting because Max is the same thing, right? He's got the super high A's off the charts. And Gary came out here December last year, and what he actually said to Max, like, He's looking at me. He's looking at Max. He said to Max, Max, you're not allowed to go to any events without Steve. That's funny. Right? Because you will take an idea and run with it. Yep. Right? And it's not that I'm not the same way, but Max is even more extreme. So, but going back to the part where you don't celebrate wins, mm-hmm. I've got that same problem. Yep. Right? Um, so, confession, right? Like, I, I'm a big time Cardinals fan. I followed him forever. Right. I have not watched a game this year until this past weekend. Right? And bad weekend, bad weekend. That was not the event to take my kids to. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, for me, he's like, you know, how can you like you're a fan? Like, how can you stop watching it? Because I said the the upside, the the, the emotional high of the upside does not even come close to the to, to the downside. Right. When we lose. Right. The it takes me like two days to recover from a bad loss. Right. Right. You know, a, a, a football off the, the goalpost. Right. And like three days, I can't even work. Right. And it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in, in sports. Everything I do, I win. Okay, that was cool. So funny that you bring this up because sometimes I feel like winning is worse for me than losing. How's that? Well, take 2020, Closers Olympics, mm-hmm. I lost. I immediately came out this this rampage. like <laughs> Guns blazing. Right. I'm like, we're doing the 50-50-50. 
and and I'm going after the all in crowd, and you know I, <laughs> you did, you did. I and I'm I'm roasting Aaron Bevins and and anyone that'll listen to me, mm-hmm. right? And and I I want everyone to feel the wrath mm-hmm. of what I'm I'm going to do. I win, and it's like, well, it's really hard to keep trash talking. <laughs> like I did it for like one day, yeah. and then I ran out. I was like. I don't even what what am I doing? You're afraid now, of her feelings. Now now I'm just rubbing it in their face. You know, it's like what where do I draw that that savage motivation, right? Right. Well, you got to be like Michael Jordan just make stuff up. I'm a viking. I I went and I took the land and and it, it's like where that's all y'all what, had? What am I going to do with all this gold? Right. <laughs> what, what do I do now? <laughs> that, that's what I get my enjoyment out of, you know? So this is something that's, you know, perhaps a little savage, right? Uh, in, in playing video games with my friends and all that, right? I've told them to their face. Like, I never play to win. <laughs> I've never played to win. I always play to celebrate your loss. <laughs> I want to watch you lose. Right. And the joy I get from you losing is more, right. <laughs> way more pleasure than me actually I, I get that. And, and look, it, it's funny because we have to, as business owners, figure out ourselves and where we draw that inspiration. I mean, look, I say it all the time. Being an entrepreneur is a very lonely thing mm-hmm. at times. And, and especially for someone like with, with my scores and knowing my personality of who I am, um, I have to be very careful about my mindset on things. And yeah. so this is a very unique situation for me. And so that's why I reached out to you. Yeah. And I'm like, look, the next thing that I can move on to is hey now i'm gonna go talk to i'm gonna be on steve train's podcast and i'm gonna go be on a wholesale hotline Mm -hmm. and and this is the next thing that i could do to help more people right i have a passion in that which is sharing what obviously people say hey rj you're good at Mm -hmm. right so it's like all right then the proof's in the pudding now let's go have more conversations with people like yourself that i respect and Let's help as many people as possible. And there's the absolute truth to that. You genuinely want people to win. Right? Yeah. So something I really do appreciate seeing, you know, as a fan from the outside. So let's go to these questions. So <laughs> uh, Mashika on YouTube wants to know, what beard oil do you use? <laughs> this is uh, Layman's. I think it's Layman's. I don't know. I'll look it up and I'll figure it How out. No but thank asking, you for noticing. I Much come, better than Max Maxwell's, right? No one's asking me about the beard oil I use. Uh, Ricky Simmons on Facebook. What are your top three recommendations to close deals? Top three recommendations. Well, I'll, I'll give you the top one. Just be real and be yourself. Have a conversation with another human being and explain what you want and find out what they need and then solve that problem for them. I mean, um, this, I keep getting asked these questions about how can I, how can I be like you? And I'm like, you're never going to be like me. And you, I don't want you to be like me. I want mm-hmm. you to be like you. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this last year. If I tried to close like you, I would look like the biggest dumbass in the world. And, and I think if you tried to close like me, it would be very uncomfortable for you because you would be, you're a very highly trained mm-hmm. closer. Yeah. Where I'm more focused on being fluid in the mm-hmm. conversation right. and I'm more, well, I mean, look at my predictive index. It's all about being informal. I'm the guy that shows up in a hoodie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. this is who I am. And yeah. so I'm true to myself, even when I'm closing with sellers, and that's what leads to the success. So you're trying to figure out how to do that. You just need to find how you're going to be comfortable being yourself talking to sellers. You know, what's interesting, right, is I've always I wore the dress pants and the slacks, right, as the realtor. Yep. And 
I am actively dressing down if I'm going to go meet with the homeowners to buy their house. Right. Right. And that goes back to process. Yep. Right. And the desire to win. It's not like I'm going to dress this way because I feel comfortable. Right. I'm going to dress however increases my chances to win an appointment. And see, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. My my whole thing was is I used to wear khakis and the polo and, and everything every single day mm-hmm. until one day I decided I'm going to stop pretending to be someone else and I'm just going to go be RJ. Yeah. And now I never get asked about what I'm wearing or why mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just we I have great conversations with whatever level business person or seller or whoever because I think they respect the fact that I'm showing up and I'm just being me. You are you. Yes. And then, uh, Ricky, just to piggyback off of that, um, what RJ just said I think is is incredibly wise because what people don't recognize is we think of sales as car sales or like you go to these stereo shops or, you know, we go to the car wash and the guy wants to replace your windshield, right? right? That's what we think of sales. But sales, the root word of it uh, is to serve. Right. Of Greek origin it means to mm-hmm. serve, which is what you're talking about, like finding out what it is that they want. Right. And then see if this is something that we can do together. And if not, like, no big deal. Right. Uh, Ricky's follow up question is, what is your number one lead source? Well, it's going to be pretty close between SMS, cold calling and PPC. But I would say because our marketing flow starts with SMS, that's where the majority of our deals are going to come from. But PPC is right up there. Um, as far as the amount of leads that we get, um, and then and then cold calling's right behind it, so it's it's a full on marketing flow that we have. And then Mashika wants to know uh, how long do you stay in your own backyard before you decided to go virtual? So for us, we were probably about six or seven months before we went from DFW uh, down to San Antonio, and then it was pretty quickly we came out here to Phoenix and then Portland, and then we've been virtual ever since. But again, this comes back to deciding what your hedgehog concept is going to be, right? People want to ask me about going virtual, and it's like you need to make a decision on if that's something that you're going to do as your hedgehog concept. So if you don't know what that phrase means, it's from Jim Collins' Good to Great book, Um, probably the best part of that book. And you, for example, you go deep here in Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. And then you guys have gone out to New Mexico. Are y'all still doing that? Uh, we bailed out in New Mexico after a month, but right now we're going hard in Oklahoma City. So there you go. So this is that's your hedgehog concept, right? Mm-hmm. But y'all go deep here in Phoenix, whereas I am very wide and I don't go deep in any market. And so this is just understanding what you're good at as far as marketing goes, far as comping properties, understanding rehab evaluations, all of these things impact whether or not you should be spreading yourself thin and going to multiple virtual markets. Yeah, figuring out what your strengths are. Right. So Candace Anu asks, were you always this confident when you were dealing with sellers? Yeah, I, I think pretty early on I got pretty confident in it because, again, when I made the decision to just be myself, um, it, you become pretty confident in that because you're not having to pretend to be somebody else. I w- got rid of all the scripts. I, I didn't jokingly on the, the last call there because everybody was using the, hey, did I catch you at a bad time, right? I said, hey, I know I caught you at a good time. Yeah, and no, I saw that. And, and when you have that kind of confidence where it's like you can literally just say whatever it is you want to say because... 
we're I'm not worried about trying to play any mind game or any manipulation or anything like that. I'm just going to be myself. And and this goes back to um, I use the analogy of when I'm talking to a seller, it's no different than when I'm talking to a waiter inside of a restaurant, laughing, joking, telling them what I want. That's the same thing that's happening with a seller. Yeah. You know, let's have a good time with it. I want to buy your house. You want to sell the house? Yes. Okay. How much do you want for it? Yeah. All right. Let's have a conversation. Right. See, how'd you, how'd you come to that number? So I think looking at your predictive index, though, is you already do have a very high degree of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we can all bring. And it's not necessarily confident that you can buy their house. Just confident that in your abilities, confident that right. in you. Right. Right. So that's something that I've always had, you know, is like act as if you already have it, act as if you're already successful. Right. And it's not faking it till you make it. That's a little bit different. But acting as if uh, you are successful gives you that confidence to be able to, you know, peel back the onion when right. you're talking to the homeowner. Um, but I think the some of the times I think people don't have the confidence because they're afraid they're going to say something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, that's different. Like if you're afraid that you're going to say something wrong when you're talking to a seller, then that means you haven't educated yourself enough about the process. Right. But if once you've educated yourself fully on the process, now it's just literally having a conversation with another human being. So I think the again, I think advantage, huge advantage you have is your experience, right? right. Like there are things that you and I can say that a brand new person can't say, right? Right. And things that a homeowner can say that can trip up a brand new person that you and I are like, that's not even like an objection. Right. Right. And I think that kind of comes with experience. But I also think that you had that confidence probably beforehand. And I, I think to your point that if they would learn more about the process and the business, they would also have that confidence. I love it when a seller says something that I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Because that allows me to make them feel like they became the authority in the conversation for a second. Mm-hmm. Like give them that power, especially men, older men. Like, I love that more than anything. I, I, I had one guy on Batch TV one time, and he, he said something along the lines of, like, you know what the CVS is on this property? And I'm like, I have no idea, sir. Why don't you explain <laughs> that to me? And as, and as he broke it down, I mean, he was totally, completely wrong about what he just said. Sure. But he felt good about it. Once he got done talking for five minutes straight, we were the best of friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. But just allowing him to sit there and show how smart he was to me. And so, again, that goes back to that confidence of just saying, I don't know what you just said. Yeah. Instead of me pretending and doing what you're talking about, there's a difference between faking it till you make it and having confidence. Right. Faking it till you're making it right there would have been me lying and saying, I sure do know what that CVS is, sir, yeah. when I don't know what it is. And that's what will get you killed. Yep. Uh, Kiali wants to know, what list are you pulling and what dialer are you using? Batch dialer. And then lists, but we, I have videos about me pulling lists on my YouTube channel. Um, there's there's different ones, but just the generic one is always city specific, individually owned, single family residences, um, equity percent, 50 to 100%. Estimated value is going to be in the median price range. And I'm going to pick all the vacants, tax defaults, liens, pre foreclosures, inherited expired listings, and unknown equity back those together there you go uh and damien on instagram wants to know uh besides uh, ac- action and activity between last year and this year 
Was there a moment where you knew things were different as far as, I guess, the confidence in closing? Yeah, I, I, I think there was a moment during the, the Closers Olympics when I could definitely feel like, hey, this is, I'm at a, a different level than I was last year. That, that was probably the moment where it really clicked for when me. When was that moment? Um, after the first conversation with the seller. Got it. When I was, hey, you should come to the Titanium Crucible. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, You're I'm going totally to sub two, seller finance, all of that. And, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the comments, and y'all y'all in the private chat were, were like, what the hell is going on? Like, he's selling him his education program right now. Like, what's happening? Bonus points. You know, that was the, that was the moment for me where it was like, and I – I felt completely comfortable doing it where it was yeah. like, this isn't a forced thing. This is just me being me. So, you know, what's crazy for myself here was that, uh, before jumping the, uh, close Olympics last year, I hadn't been on the phone for years. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, Oh man, I hope I don't embarrass myself. So, right. Fortunately, things turned out pretty well, right. but I didn't know. Like, I was just like, okay. It's like it was Elijah's like, Hey, you want to be on the close Olympics? Like, yeah, I want to be on the close Olympics. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how to use Mojo, but let's do it. Right. I think you and I were the two guys that had to get trained last year on how to use Mojo, like, the night before. Hey, guys, are having a Mojo session. All right, sign me up. Right. <laughs> I was like, we're using what? Yeah. Can you show me how to use this? This is going to be extremely embarrassing. And I and I already felt like I was low man on the totem pole that yeah. taught a ton of shit. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember I was hanging out on the Mojo course. Yeah. Um. So Kiali also wants to know if he's afraid to pick up the phone, how could he get confidence to begin cold calling? I think first you have to ask yourself, why are you afraid to pick up the phone? Mm -hmm. Look, talking to people is what we do in this industry. So if you're afraid to do that, then you need to come to grips with the fact that this is what you've decided to do. You've decided that you're going to sit there and conversate with people about their homes and this is what's going to dictate your livelihood moving forward. And and I'm extremely passionate about this. Like people ask me, hey, I'm uncomfortable with acquisitions. Well, I use the Bubba line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bubba, you're just going to have to sit down and, and come to grips. Like this is what your whole life is going to be based around is talking to people. Like your family, your dreams, your goals. Like you have to get good at this. Yeah. So just pick up the damn phone and start talking to people. I mean – it's just a reality. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. Like, you're just going to have to get comfortable with it. Yeah. And so there's two, there's two things, right? A, there's no documented case of anyone dying from cold calling. Right. 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 Uh, and, and second, um, the difference between successful people and the, and the aren't are the successful ones are ones are willing to do what the unsuccessful won't do. Yeah. Right. So you get to decide, Callie, which of those you want to be in. Right. You can change your life. You can change your family's lives. You can change your family trajectory. If you'll start, if you'll start cold calling, yep. But it's a choice, like you said. That's it. Um, and then see where answer that question about that. Um, Peyton wants to get really granular here. You mentioned you have some, some problems with SMS. What problems are you having? <laughs> uh, deliverability had, had gone down over the past couple of days, so I'm going to go over to Batch's office and see what we can do. About it. You know, Jesse really likes it when you slap him around. Yeah. Yeah, let him, yeah, know, let him know I said that. I told him that I was, I, I sprung it on him last night. I was like, hey, I'm flying in early <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I need to go by your house and shower. And he was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, we have an owner's meeting tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, just unlock the house and just let me in. <laughs> and then I'm coming to your office the next day to slap you around. Yeah, do it. 
Um, if we can get Elijah to, to take some photos, that'd be fantastic too for content. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Ryan Craig on YouTube wants to know how many lines are you using for cold calling? Um, we use whatever the multi line dialer is for Bachelor. Was that three? Three uh, no comment. Um, I think it's three line dollar. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we switched everything to Salesforce. I got you. Uh, all right, guys, again, uh, we do have our all day sales training, right? December 10th. If you guys do opt in right now, you get 500 bucks off. So, um, it's all day sales training with Max and myself to learn all the things that again, RJ doesn't do. Um, but highly effective because people make a lot of money, uh, using, using our, our, our program. Uh, okay. So Instagram, Austin wants to know how long do you want to prolong? Oh no, he was talking about the capital gains tax of so the, the line. Um, Coriel wants to know how can you see a replay of the Closers Olympics? You can buy it at closersolympics.com. There you go. We're never going to mention RJ's affiliate link. Um, so is 85% of ARV minus repairs too high to lock up wholesale deals? This is from Ryan Craig on YouTube. Well, I mean, that's going to depend on what market you're in, but I'm going to say there's very few markets that 85% of ARV minus repairs are going to work unless you're selling to a hedge fund. 85% of ARV minus repairs works pretty well in Phoenix, but the only thing he forgot to subtract in there was his fee. Yeah. But again, if you go to a place like the Midwest or the Sunbelt, um, you, will, you will get chewed up and spit out the other side and laughed out of town. Yeah. Uh, Kelly wants to know if you only had a thousand to start wholesaling, what would you spend it on? Thousand dollars to get started. I am, I am probably going to go sign up for a list pulling service. And I'm going to pull a list and I'm going to skip trace it. And then I'm going to cold call it. I think that's great. I mean, I, I don't think you need anything else. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be slow. Because you're going to be one at a time dialing, mm -hmm. right? Because I want to save all of those funds. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend it on a dialer. Yeah, I can do that after I close my first deal. But at the end of the day, it's just a numbers game. Eventually, you're going to talk to a motivated seller, and then it's your opportunity. That's your moment of truth to solve their problem. And if yeah. you can do that, that's how you create the win-win situation. For me, if the chips are down and there's nothing left, all I have is $1,000. I would spend it on gas, right? And you would go drive for dollars? I would go to a title company or someone else, get a distress list, and I would knock on every single door. If the chips were down? The only reason why I'd say don't do that is because if you're, it's always going to be hard when you're first starting mm -hmm. talking to people. I know, but that's the best training. It's going to be harder to talk to people face-to-face -face <laughs> than it is on the phone. It is. It is. One of the things that I, got, I guess I was really blessed with was one of my first jobs out of high school was working at a cold calling company. Right. So got a lot of reps early and getting hung up on and getting cursed out. But you've also done a lot of appointments in person, mm -hmm. being both a realtor and right. an investor. Yeah. So you've, you've had that experience. So would you have done that if you were brand new? I did it brand new as a realtor, right? I, I started. So you, you door knocking would be your way. I did it. It sucked. Right. I wish I had the skills I have now. Right. Watching people lie to your face. That's not my house. No, I'm not in foreclosure. Right. I was like, the way I would handle that now versus back then, I was like, oh, okay. I guess you're in a foreclosure. I can go back to my car. <laughs> <laughs> now Dude. I can ask the uncomfortable questions. Boy, that's really weird. Man, I can't believe the county's getting this wrong. Right. Man, we better call the bank. <laughs> now you'd be like, do you know 
It took me 20 minutes to drive over here. <laughs> like, we're going to have a conversation about this. I cannot go back to my wife and right. tell I'm in a cold calling competition. <laughs> I need to get this contract signed or they won't let me back in the house. Right. <laughs> uh, Alizette on Instagram, uh, what are you using for SMS? What product? Batch leads. Batch leads. And Queen Elevated Beauty, uh, I was always so confident. Were you this confident when you didn't have money or do you feel more confident now that you do have money? What makes you think I have money? It's true. I looked at his bank account beforehand. He does not have a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny, right? I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny to hear people ask that type of a question because of confidence. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why. Yeah. I mean, you invited me here today because I, I want a competition. You. I did not invite you. That's true. <laughs> I invited myself. <laughs> Even more of a reason why there's probably proof that I'm broke. Um, look, I, I think that this is uh, a, a thing that... People watch podcasts, they watch videos, and they make assumptions based around someone's confidence or what they're hearing in a, in a video. And, and look, I'm guilty of it as well. Um, but comparison is the thief of joy, right? So don't look at my situation or Steve's situation and say, well, once I get to that level, then I'll have that, that mm -hmm. confidence or whatever it is that you're looking and you're seeing coming from me right now. No, this was here when I was much younger and had a lot less money mm -hmm. and a lot less responsibility. Yeah. Um, it was always there. And, and whatever you're trying to find within yourself, that's why I say when you're talking to sellers, go be yourself because you're going to find who that person really is. And, and that's what's going to attract sellers to want to work with you over your competition. Well, that's authentic self. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, you know, the confidence started. It wasn't the money led to confidence. Confidence led to money. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then Randy Wolf, Randy Wolf wants to know on Facebook, what percentage of your PPC marketing is in search versus display versus retargeting? I'm probably asking the wrong person this question. Yeah. Yeah. Negative, dude. <laughs> I close. <laughs> they I got, just, I got a guy for that. Yeah. They just unleash him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Candace wants to know what part of Florida are you buying in? Uh, we wholesale all across the, the deal that I was going to get there in Florida. Um, that was just for the closers Olympics because mm -hmm. it was going to be a good deal, but we, we mainly just wholesale. And then are you, so then are you still rehabbing? Cause she's asking how many rehabs are you doing a year? Um, we do have a couple of rehabs going on, but not near as many as we were in the past. So we're mainly just wholesaling now. Hedgehog concept, baby. Yep. And then Jeremy wants to know what's the one thing you wish you knew they got you to the next level. Oh man, that is a good question right there. One thing I wish I knew. I wish that when I had first started that I had not looked for answers from so many other people. I wish I would have just sat down and said, what do I want to do? What, what is my life? look like if I just drew painted the most beautiful picture of what I want my life to look like and started from there and and worked myself backwards from there instead of looking at someone else and saying how can I become that person because the facts are I've never become somebody else in fact I failed trying to do that and now I'm finally finding success because I found out who I am and who I want to be. 
Yeah. I think that's powerful. Um, Sian Koran wants to know, what is the titanium crucible? The titanium crucible is our two-day boot camp at our office in Fort Worth, Texas. We go over our marketing systems, the processes that we use, throw in a little bit of mindset in there, and yeah, we talk a little bit about sales in there. A little bit. A little bit. A little tiny bit. You know, I mean. Not a whole day, though. The the way that the king closer does it, not the way that the third place finisher does it. Well, the problem is Max is not teaching it. I'm teaching it, so we're, <laughs> we're going to be fine. Oh, that's right. The guy who <laughs> finished in sixth place last year. I don't think I finished in sixth. Well, I definitely finished in fourth, <laughs> and then and then it it was a tie between you and Steven. For fifth, I think okay. I think the best way to look at it, right? Uh, so I think everyone should absolutely get the replay for ninety seven bucks yes. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And I think uh, one of the benefits from coming from it is there was a bit of trash talking from the judges. I don't know why I was doing it, but I was. Um, but I did break down. Right, our sales process, or at least our sales psychology, things right. that I would have done differently. So I think that um, RJ has got an incredible, obviously he's got the success, right? So I wouldn't ask him to come out here if he wasn't a proven commodity. So I think there's nothing wrong with going to Crucible and going to all day sales training. I agree. And, and what's funny about that is I've actually told people, I'm like, I've gotten to sit in and watch a couple of different times I've been out here. I think there's two different times I've sat in on your sales training. Mm -hmm. The, the way I've told people, because they say, well, you know, you close completely different than Stephen Max. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. I've learned a lot of the same things that you've learned through different sales things, and it's a tool in my tool belt Absolutely. that I use. I've just chosen a different path to go down than you have, just yeah. like I'm sure people that have learned similar trainings that you have, they don't go down the same you can't you do, do it exactly right. the same as us. Absolutely. And you and Max are not the same. I, not. I saw you in the chat saying, <laughs> he should have said this right now. You know? And, Completely and, undermining him. That's great. <laughs> but you, but you, that's you saying that's what I would have done. Yeah. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And I think that uh, there's a lot of things, right, that RJ was doing really well that we haven't really talked about, right? I was just pointing out the things that I noticed that were interesting to me. Yep. But you had the awkward silence. You had the negative. It's like right now is not the time. Right. Uh, when would you call back? Like you did all a lot of the other things that we do too. It's just in your voice. Yep. Versus our voice. Yep. So, um, Max and I apparently are going to go to war. Um, he says he would co call a thousand people versus my twenty doors. Whatever, Max. I'm just saying if the chips were down, I had nothing left. I would go. Do I would go door knock. I agree with Max. Yeah. Just Whatever. <laughs> you guys are all dead to me. Um. <laughs> Uh, J Investments on IG is how do you go back and renegotiate if you ever have to? Now, this is an interesting topic. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first and I'll share my take. So we we set that expectation during the actual acquisitions, right? So we let the people know that we're buying the property sight unseen and we're getting limited information in regards to the actual um, repairs that are needed on the property. So we let them know, like, hey, we're going to come out and do an inspection, and if it is what we believe it to be, then we're good to move forward. But there's a possibility that we might have to come back and say, hey, you said good condition, and, you know, the roof's caved in. Mm -hmm. And that's not good condition, in my opinion. Like, we, we need to renegotiate it. Yeah. And, and I think it all starts with setting the expectations early on. Now, if you didn't set those expectations early on and then you have to come back and renegotiate, that's where it can get a little bit tricky and, and 
where they feel like, hey, you you pulled one over on me. You told me one thing, and now you're wanting to do another. Um, try to avoid those situations early on in the conversation. Absolutely. Where I would do that would be in like the middle to end phase of the acquisitions call. Because I need early on, I'm trying to be efficient. I'm trying to figure out, hey, do you want to sell? Are we in the same realm of possibility and price? Now I'm starting to figure out and build rapport, establish myself as the authority in the conversation with my knowledge, and then I'm finding out about or, or establishing those uh, the foundation of, hey, this is how we're, our process works with the inspection and the possibility of a, a renegotiation. Yeah. So you're setting the proper expectations. Yes. It's not a surprise. Right. So uh, for us, uh, Jay, uh, we have a policy in Phoenix. We do not go back and renegotiate. Uh, if we've actually laid eyes on the property, the price is the price. And we right. do not go back and renegotiate. And so uh, people don't care for our tactics because we scorch the earth. Right. Right. But we scorch the earth because we like to lead with uh, integrity and say, hey, this is our price. And you can go to bed tonight knowing this price is it. And it's a done deal versus, hey, here's the price. But by the way, two days before close of escrow, hey, RJ. Right. <laughs> yeah, that price isn't going to work. So you're doing that in Phoenix. What are you going to do in virtual market? In Oklahoma City, our inspection period begins once we get the photos back. So nice. we're going to have a signed contract, but we're going to be very clear. Hey, RJ, just want you to know, like, here's our price. And after we see the photos, we'll let you know whether we can still move forward with that price. Or and not. that... I love that because that's basically what we're doing as well. Right. Like as soon as we see it, then we're we're having a conversation about we're ready to move forward or not. But again, it's about the expectations. Yeah, cannot blindside them. Right, it kills me, and it's going to cause our industry to get regulated. Um, Candace, do you JV with people, and what techniques have you acquired through building cash buyers lists? So I guess that's two questions. Start with do you JV with people? Yes, we will do JVs with people, absolutely. And then as far as acquiring cash buyers, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. There's the Facebook groups. Scraping the Facebook groups are great uh, for finding cash buyers. Um, I, I love Propelio's uh, cash buyers list that they have. It's $98 a month, and you can pull it on there. It literally shows you how many deals, how much they've spent on it. Um, PropStream has a similar um, system for that where you can pull that list, skip trace it. We do both SMS and cold calling to the cash buyers list. Um, but those those would be the main ways that we're going to find our, our cash buyers. And Rick on Facebook wants to know, where do you see the real estate market in 2022? I don't see it changing a whole lot unless Sleepy Joe just does something. Off the All right, so we're changing the topic. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, how many different businesses do you have in real estate? Oh, man, we can't talk politics, Steve. We can talk politics. You just didn't like it that I called him Sleepy Joe. We're going to talk about politics without talking about any politicians or any <laughs> points of views or anything else that has to do with politics. Okay, religion next? <laughs> religion, sure. We, let's talk religion. Okay. Have no. I told you? <laughs> okay, what's the next question? I don't see anything changing in 2022. <laughs> uh, Cass Invest, how many different businesses do you have in real estate? So, <laughs> a lot. I mean, we, we have quite a few LLCs that are just either holding companies or wholesale companies, something along those lines. Uh, but so we have our wholesale company, we have rental properties, we have flips, and then we also have our education program as well. So I guess four main categories would be the best way to put it. And then how many different LLCs do you have? A lot. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. All right. This cop flips really wants to know how good is the titanium crucible? Wait, what's his name? This cop flips. I know that guy. I know. Yes. 
He's yeah. my biggest fan. I know. Yeah, I can tell by the comments in the YouTube section. <laughs> the, how good is the, the titanium, <laughs> the vault or the crucible? Crucible. The crucible. Well, he knows he was there. I know. He wants he you attended. to talk about it. He's, he's, he's pitching listen, you a softball. Listen, uh, I... I think we put on a very unique experience for people where you are going to get the intensity of what titanium is. Um, I think you need to be in the right place mentally to attend. I think that's what I've seen. Um, I, I, I ran the numbers the other day. I think about 60% of the people that have attended have come out and seen the success that they were looking for. Whereas another forty percent have not, mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes down to they weren't they were looking for some unicorn. They're looking for someone to tell them, "You do this, and you don't have to do the work, and you're going to have the success." And if if you're looking for something like that, then I'm not the guy to teach you, and neither is the rest of my team. We all have a very similar mentality when it comes to this. I mean, we're we're loud, we're boisterous. I mean, we make it the most uncomfortable experience of all time. We have Vikings. Yeah, I mean, literally, I come out in a Viking helmet and two axes. I take you axe throwing. I mean, <laughs> we have it down about 65 degrees. There's fog going on. There's lasers going every direction because I want it as uncomfortable as possible for you mm-hmm. to make you have to be focused on what's going on because the reality is, as an entrepreneur, that is what happens as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Shiny object syndrome everywhere. And and it's very hard to stay focused. So that's what the crucible is in and out of a, a nutshell, right there. Yeah, and Kiali uh, just donated. So shout out! Nice. Thank you very much for donating. Looks like the team appreciates it as there well. There we go. That's pretty <laughs> epic, right there. Uh, where do you see yourself in ten years? In ten years, well, I, I think I'm going to be marching down the path that we're already on, which is we want to own a significant amount of the United States. Um, we have a very audacious goal in regards to that. And then I also, in 10 years, my son will be graduating high school. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I'll, I will be making plans to go watch him further along in his hockey career. Getting recruited to yeah, Canada. He, he wants to, he wants to go far with it and I'm there to support him. So hopefully I'll be making some trips up to Canada. That's awesome. And Robin Hurt wants to know, why is King RJ not wearing a crown? Robin, I, I just have to let you know that the crown that you sent me in the mail did not fit on my big head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we tore out the padding and everything, and it just it did not fit. I gotta, so she legit? She, she sent me a crown, yes. And, and Cassie a crown. But no, yeah, I'm sorry, Robin, it just didn't fit. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, guys, if you got any more questions, please, please uh, ask. Let's see. What else did I want to talk to you about? Well, I have a question for you. Please. Because I've, I've now gotten to watch you and Max yeah. go in the Closers Olympics. So I mean, You're asking which one's better if we already know it's me. Well, I mean, you didn't make it to the final, so I got to watch more Max <laughs> than you. And, and I mean, that's probably always going to sting <laughs> in, the, in the office. Oh, no. He reminds me every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the way that y'all go through the calls is so systematic, Mm -hmm. right? And that's completely different than how I do things. Absolutely. So is that something that y'all have conversations in the office about? This is how a call has to go. Absolutely. So you want it to go down it. Do you want to always steer it back to that path? And it, it, yeah, I mean, you look at like a lot of scripts, right? Um, is 
you got milestones in the script. You got checkpoints. And because what happens is the seller's going to derail you. Right. They're going to say things. They're going to move you this direction, get you off your game. And the goal is to get back to your checkpoints and your milestones and so on. And the reason why is I think it's just more repeatable. Okay. Right. I think that you obviously are an amazing closer. What you did consistently, I think every single time you're on the phone, you got a contract, except I think the second round last year. But right. three out of four times you're on, you're, you're on, the t- on the screen, you locked up a contract or more. Right. Clearly this works for you. Right. I think it's harder to repeat what RJ does. And I think what we see a lot, so people that come to us that hire us to train their team, is that the business owner is naturally good, right? If you're a visionary, if right. you're a high A personality or high D on the disc or I, you naturally have it. Right. You can go and do it. And the frustration for most business owners is I can't take what's inside my head and put it in a team member. Right. I can't, right? So what I can do is I can give you a repeatable process so that it doesn't matter if you're a high driver, a high social person, a high stability person, or an analytical person, I can give you the tools to be a good to great closer. So I would argue someone that has it, mm-hmm. like yourself, now you're trained, right? So someone that's got it, but is untrained, right? right? Someone has got raw talent versus someone that's not, doesn't have his raw talent, but if I can give them the skills, will crush the guy that's talented, but untrained. I look at it, the example I use a lot, poor Darius Miles, is you got Darius Miles right. and you got Kobe Bryant. Yep. Both had talent. Both were the next Michael Jordan. Darius Miles literally dunked on Charles Oakley in a Michael Jordan uh, uh, basketball camp. Right. The dunk on Charles Oakley. Right. You got to be pretty good. Right. He was a high school athlete. Right. And what are we known for? Smoking wow. pot. Right. Portland Blazers. If you remember his name. Right. Exactly. Right. It was him and Corey McGetty. Like if you remember their names. Right. Kobe Bryant's a legend, yeah. right? So that's where I argue the the processes is if you got talent, we can go legendary status. If you don't have the raw talent, we can coach you up to be an assassin, right? To move seamlessly with the repeatable process. So the reason why I ask this is because we talked about my predictive index mm-hmm. score, right? I was looking at it last night after I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. If I came to you and I said, I want to work for you. Mm-hmm. As an acquisitions person. Yeah. You're going to force me to work within your system. I am going to ask you to work in my system knowing that you won't. Right. I so, mean, it, it literally <laughs> says on there, like, I'm, I'm flat but, out. I'm not. But here's the thing, because Max is the same way. Right. So what happened? Max is willing to follow the system because he believes in it. Right. Okay. So if you know, just like you'll listen to win. Right. If you know a process will help you win, you do it. Just like me, I will talk to strangers if I right. know it'll help me win. But naturally, I'm totally fine sitting in a corner at a party, maybe in the poor lit, poorly lit corner, right. with chips and punch. Right. Leave me alone, right? <laughs> like it's a wife company function. Yes, I'll be there to support you, honey, and I'll just sit in the corner. Right. That's me naturally. But if it's a situation where like I know there's business in that corner, I will walk across the room to the other corner to right. get business. Right. So I think. I, I get that. It, it's funny, though, because when I look at that, it's like I want to always play to the strength of my team members, mm-hmm. right? So if they have an ability to have conversations and keep them in a fluid manner, 
there there was times where like watching Max, mm-hmm. I wish Max had just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the best way I could I put could put it. Yeah. I get it from a repeatable standpoint mm-hmm. within your business. I think it's just one of those things where it's like it's so hard to make that decision of who you say, hey Max, you're the guy that can just do whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. Whereas you tell everybody else, like, you got to follow the system. We would not hire the guy that would do whatever he wants. We'd rather have a culture where everyone follows a process. I see. Than, than, than to cater to the superstar right. that destroys everyone else's morale. I see that. Right? Like, this guy, this guy could be a rock star killer, and he can make our company a lot of money. Right. But uh, there's a, what was it? I want to say, um, is it, you got she, Ariana Huffington, right? Like, uh, she has, like, a no assholes allowed policy. Right. Right, at her company. Uh, and you got Elon Musk, right? Like, there's no jerks allowed. And he's polarizing. Right. And he has a policy where you cannot be a jerk in the office. Right. Right? So, I'd rather have five guys that are committed to the process and having success than to have six guys, and that sixth guy is outperforming them, but he's crushing everyone's morale and causing everyone to be less successful. It makes sense. Right. And what's funny about that is you going all the way back to the beginning of the, the episode mm-hmm. when you asked me about the 50-day challenge. What did I learn there? It was a very strict policy when it comes to what I was doing, which was SMS te- SMS marketing. And it is everybody has to do it the exact same way mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Literally, now. To, I mean, it's you. we know when X happens, this is your response. You right. have to do it that way. You've just taken that all the way down to the actual conversation. Mm-hmm. And and I saw it. I mean, there, there was literally times where I, I could not believe some of the things that Max was saying. Yeah. Because it's y'all's process, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there was literally moments where I was like, I can't believe he's going back for a third time to ask that question. Yeah. And he did it, you know? And and I was watching you in the chat. You're like, hit him again. You yeah. know? And I'm like, all right, this is <laughs> how they do it, you know? Yeah. And I would have never done that. So it was... It was enjoyable for me to watch because I have such a different style than you guys. So the thing that we talked about here, right? Because you're you, you do the push away, like, hey, I'm not your buyer buddy. I wish you the right. best, right? Whereas we will, you, you heard me say this, right? Like we will end the call to start the call, right? RJ, it looks like I'm not gonna be your buyer. You're like, I guess not. All right, so should I hang up? He's like, yeah, you should hang up. Okay, now that it's over, what are you gonna do? And now their guard's totally down, and we can have a very open and transparent conversation, right. which is. That thing you're saying, like, hit him again. It's like, you got to end the call. You got to get that guard all the way down. And now we can actually have a right. conversation where you're openly speaking your mind. Now, like I said, you have an ability to get someone to just vomit all their information. All right. Over, right. And I like to think I actually have that ability as well. I don't know if I demonstrated it all last year. Right. Uh, but I think I have that ability as well. And I think that the reason why we have a process is that it's repeatable. You can teach it. You can reference it. Hey, where did the cell fall apart? Here's where exactly where the sale fell apart. Right. Um, and then the, the other thing, too, is we will lose sales. I make no bones about it, right? We will lose sales following this process. Yeah. My argument is we will win more sales in the long run. You look at, like, poker, right? There's the right play. There's the right way to play this hand. Right. You can play it the wrong way and win this hand. Right. But in the long run, you will lose more money than you'll make money. Yep. So Just playing the odds. Playing the and- odds. And look, I, I saw that in your process. I think it, uh, it's unfortunate because the the way the scoring goes in the Closers Olympics at times does not reward 
someone like Max. Mm-hmm. I mean, Max's first phone call in the finals, I mean, he put on a clinic in the first eight minutes. Yeah. In only eight minutes. I mean, literally, it was like this <laughs> that right there. The literally the those then your ninety seven dollars would be worth those eight minutes. Yeah. Right there. You get everything that you need. Right. And I remember watching those first eight minutes and I was like, Okay, I might have to do something special here. Yeah. Because if and unfortunately, some of the calls that he had after that, they they the, the seller's conversation was not as good as that first eight minutes. Mm-hmm. But um watching you go through that, the closure limit scoring does not reward sometimes No, you can't those conversations. Right. Because I what I watched was I was like, no, these guys are killers on the phone. They're getting plenty of deals. Yeah. Doing this right. Well, here. you can tell he's got the reps, right? Yeah. And if you were to go based off the scoring, right? Scoring is the scoring, right? We saw right. the rankings, right? If you're having a fantasy draft. Right. Right. You and Max, one and two. Right. So, um, all right. Uh, what else? Do you have any other? No, no, that's it. Yeah. So I think, I think that, you know, the, it's really important that it's recognized, right? I mean, you, you crushed it. And I think that it's hard to replicate RJ and his crazy confidence. Also, Hard to replicate me and my crazy confidence because right. we have. I mean, I've said this before. My superpower is my irrational confidence. Right. Right. And I think you probably have that same thing too, Absolutely. right? Like you have this idea, like you and I are not equipped to go on a rescue mission. Right. Right. But they're like, hey, we need you to go <laughs> right. rescue some hostages. Like, let's let's Got it. go. <laughs> Got it. Right. It's that crazy confidence right. that you have no justification for. Yeah. And I think you can't teach that. So that's why we, the reason why we have a process that agreed to help someone with that. Last question yes. I want to ask you. Sure. Has Steven Morales been screwed the past two years? Um, I don't know if he got screwed this year. I would argue for sure last year. Okay. I didn't watch Munif on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I watched Munif on Saturday. Mm-hmm. 17 minutes into the call, nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. He had 13 minutes on Sunday. So I don't know what happened in those 13 minutes. What I do know happened with Steven Morales was he was a wizard through a call. Yeah. Basically had the deal sold, mm-hmm. close, right there. And the guy said, let me read the contract and sleep on it. His only thing I could have hit him on was he didn't overcome that objection. Yeah. That was it. Right. He, I think he thought he had it. Oh, I think he was totally think, acting like he had it. Because yeah. he literally just said, all right, cool, I'll call you in the morning. Yeah. But... Could also be the clock of play. I agreed. I just, I feel really bad for him mm-hmm. because I think he's a masterful closer as well. Well, yeah. I mean, what I saw was uh, Steven versus RJ, uh, Steven versus Max. I was like, well, that sucks. Right. Like, two of the best in them. Oh, wait, it's a point it, system. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. I was like, well, that sucks. Like, two, one of the two best closers is going to be out in the first round. I know. Right. But that's not the way to play this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think RJ, uh, I think uh, Steven is an incredible, incredible closer. Um, you know, I, you know, again, fantasy draft, right? Yeah. Top three pick. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, I think there is an element of luck involved and it's, you know, which contract you get. And it's also playing the scoring, which I had conversations, you know, in the posts, uh, breakdown, whatever. It's like, Hey guys, we need to shift the scoring because there's too much weight being placed on a verbal that is worthless. Yeah. Right. We need to adjust that. So agreed. Yeah, but that, but you play within the rules. You can't punish someone for playing within the rules, right? Like the, you know, you got Tom Brady against the the Ravens, right? Like putting four guys on the line, right? right. Like 
the was it Bill um, John Harbaugh, right? Yeah. He's pissed off. That's against the rules. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. You're just not prepared for it. Right. Right. Like they're playing within the rules. So I can't fault anyone for getting crappy verbals. Agreed. But next year, we should have weight on quality of the verbal. I, I agreed. But I also think at some point in time, like there needs to be a little bit of like a judge's assessment where it's like, who were the three best closers? Well, and that's what Max Maxwell was saying, right? It's like, look, there's no reason why Max is not leading right now. Like he just said, that he, just, he just flat out, I, I don't know if you watch a replay. Hmm. But during your, your competition, Max Max was like, Max is in second right now, and that's not right. Right. I'm mean, just put that out there right now. Right. Yeah. And, and look, I don't know how you watch Max and Steven go back to back, and mm-hmm. you don't say these two had to have been two of the top yeah. ones. That was my feeling. It's like I watched Max go, and I was like, yeah, I mean, he's right up there with me. I watched Steven go right after. I think after. you meant to say he, you're up there with him. I think that's what you meant to say. <laughs> but then I watched, I watched Steven go, and I was like, Steven scored way less mm-hmm. than Max. And I was like, and me. And I was like, I didn't feel like Steven did that much worse than us. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think he got dinged for negotiations. I think I gave him more points in negotiations. Let me take that back. I probably gave him the same score as everyone else gave him negotiations. But... Me giving him the same score as everyone else meant he did well, whereas everyone right. else dinged him for negotiations. And I think that I kind of ex- elaborate on that. It's like people were taking points away for him not negotiating. Seller says a price. That's what you're willing to pay. Right. You don't need to negotiate. You just need to struggle to get there. Right. Like, RJ, you want how much? How'd you come up with that number? Right. Right. Oh, man, I don't know. And watch him go, okay, I'll do it for 35. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Right. You just got 5K. So that's, for me, that's negotiations, right? right? That's the art form. But people are like, no, you got to hit him with a lower number and play this game. Like, that's not, that is the, I believe, common understanding of negotiations. But there's a psychology behind negotiations that most people overlook. Watching the comments of the Closers Olympics was very entertaining. Eye-opening. Yes. To see the thought process of the people that are attending and what they think people should be doing, Mm -hmm. which majority of the time, I'll be honest with you, is like, no. That's, I, that's definitely not something that I would be doing. Yeah, you know? I was also arguing in the, in the chat comments. Right? I know. Yes. <laughs> and I was cracking jokes. I, I was having a blast in there. Yeah. So, Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I yeah. look forward to, to next year. And maybe you'd be qualified enough to be a judge, but we'll see. No, I don't want to be a judge. <laughs> now, now they're stuck with me. Now I want to see how many titles I can win. Yeah, you were saying you, wanna, you wanted to uh, bring your whole team up on that thing. Yeah. Yeah, we talked to... Um, we talked to uh, Jesse on our team. like, hey, next year we expect you to go in there and represent MCO and win. Uh, Have so, you talked to Max about this? About what? About him not competing next year? Well, I don't know if he's going to compete or not. I'm just saying. Our, Max our has already there. laid down the law that he is competing next year. Well, he may. I mean, he's going to suck if we lose our acquisition guy. <laughs> but Jesse's competing <laughs> next year. <laughs> Max, Max has already said it. He was like, I don't know what the hell Steve was talking about. I'm competing next year. So. <laughs> Uh, Cassie wants to know what year uh, did you start real estate? Uh, 2014 went full time in 2015. And then Tristan, uh, do you have any deals in Hawaii you want to share? Uh, we do. We actually have our Lily Puna project. We're actually finally wrapping that one up. It's been going on since about 2015. That's the uh, same one we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. A thousand <laughs> days to to buy it. We finally bought it and. 
Uh, it's 9,000 square feet, three floors. It's going to be unbelievable. You know what your, your next video content should be? Going to Hawaii? Uh, no, it should be you sharing the lessons you learned from having too much money and educating Zillow yes. on the lessons you learned <laughs> from raising. Come in as like a professor. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let, let me, me educate <laughs> you, Zillow. Yes. Let me tell you about the time I raised too much capital. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, but that one, we're actually probably going to be, we're going to be keeping that property. Um, it's going to be a family home for, for Mr. De La Garza as well as uh, the rest of us. And then Damien wants to know, uh, are you hiring in DFW? I've sent you people in Dallas. Yes, we are hiring. We're looking for acquisitions and dispositions. So hit me up if you're interested. Awesome. So this is a really fun episode. I want you to think about something you want to leave the listeners with. Guys, uh, we are having, again, our all-day sales training. So go check that out. Uh, if you... Sign up right now. You get $500 off. Um, and if you guys got value today, please share this with someone that needs to get better at closing. I think RJ and I shared a lot of nuggets about sales. So definitely, if you know someone that needs to get better at sales, please share this with them. And then tomorrow, we got Abe Shreve, who's going to talk about the one thing that all successful people have in common. Uh, what are some last thoughts you want to leave everybody with? Yeah, I mean, the last thing that I would love to leave you guys with is uh, if you go back and you watch the Closure Olympics, you watch any of my videos, um, I'm sharing that for you to pick up tips to add to your tool belt. I'm not sharing those so you can go out and try to replicate being me. And I think Steve and Max would say the same thing. Uh, they want you to follow a process, but at the end of the day, you still implement your own personality, your own um way of communicating with a, another human being. And, and the way that I narrow that down to maybe make a bigger impact for you is to think about the fact that we will do hundreds of deals this year, but to a regular seller, this might be one of three or four times in their life that they're going to be selling a house. And so it is a very emotional experience for them. And it's our job to listen to them and really understand what we're asking them to do and that we're there to solve those problems that they have. That's why we're reaching out to them because there's something going on and just put yourself in their shoes and slow down and don't over complicate the process. Yeah. And I think I didn't mention this earlier, just to add to your, your comment, cause I think there's a great takeaway is that when we talk about our sales trainings, we don't ask everyone to just throw away their existing system, right? right? Take the parts that you are struggling with in your sales process yeah. and just, Take those pieces, right, and add those to your, your sales process. You don't have to throw everything away, right? So that's not everything. As I've never said, like, your your system is trash, right. right? It's just, if you heard all my criticism over the weekend last week, it was like, here's how I would have done this differently. I've probably left a couple of hundred cliffhanger voicemails since last year's Closers Olympics. <laughs> yeah, right? Just a few things here and there you can tweak yeah. to improve your processes. Uh, someone wants to get a hold of you. How do they do that? Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel or Instagram, just RJ base, the third. And, uh, just again, make sure if you're interested in checking out our bootcamp, titanium crucible.com. All right. Awesome. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate, man. Thanks you for having me. appreciate you forcing your way onto the show. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>